1: ny or text hope ny in new york it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans after all it's only pressure you got this adidas
2: By Nick Roush in
1: Louisville.
0: Let's start over one more time. I don't think he had hit the live yet.
2: Okay. I'm sorry.
0: You're good. All right. Welcome to the
2: Depth Chart Podcast. My name is Freddie Maggard. I'm in KSR office. I'm joined by Nick Roush. Nick, you know, the office is either. 34 degrees or 120 degrees. So today is a 120 degree day here in the office. It's either hot or cold. So
0: uh, how are you doing? You doing okay? I, I'm doing okay. It is uh, it is not 120 degrees in my office, but once the sun starts shining in around noon or one, it'll get that way. I'm in a sunroom. So it um, it's windows open, a um, little bit toastier, but you know what? I'll gut it out for the people. Um, I will gut it out uh, for our good friends at Port Royal plants too yeah who are title sponsors of the depth chart podcast which ready you've tried some of port Royal plants yes. product before uh, what what how, what do you think
2: I, I like it i use it i spray it on myself the uh the the, the insect the, the that that product uh you mm-hmm. know i go to games on mm-hmm. Friday nights for high school and, and i spray myself down and it it helps me out a lot so uh they were uh, Port Royal was so kind to send me some products and I used them. I used them on Friday. I used them Friday night down in Jackson and the County. So I appreciate them greatly.
0: Well, you all should check them out by visiting portroyalplants.com. It's a Kentucky proud product, grown, processed, and manufactured in Kentucky. So that's, that's how you know it's some of the good stuff. The best hemp in the country from the best place in the country. Because your mind and body deserve quality products you can trust Learn more at portroyalplants.com. Try out a bunch of their products; they got plenty. But during the summer months, like Freddie said, you got to check out their CBD natural tick, mosquito, and bug yes. spray. Um, I, I'm one of those too, Freddie. I got to be outside, right? Like, especially with my son. Like, we can't. You can only play in the playroom for so long. You got to get out, hit your baseball, walk the dog, put on some of that Port Royal Plants mosquito. Tick spray before you go out. Make sh- just nobody wants those bug bites all over. Yeah,
2: I mean, you remember old school KSR football podcast. I always talked about taking baths, and everybody made fun of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a bath product, just saying, and it's not. Nice. <laughs> Nick, I thought we'd talk about the Kentucky offense. You know, we're we're closing in on game week here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's getting close. It's getting close, and everybody. 11 days. Yeah, 11 days. So, yesterday was 12. Derek Ramsey's my guy, number 12 quarterback uh, used to spray paint number 12 on t-shirt put and spray painted ramsey on my on the back to be Derek ramsey in the, in the in the yard games but uh you know in the backyard so love Derek ramsey we're 11 days we gotta start talking about the offense with will levis the quarterback i think you know i always say when you have a dude at quarterback you got a chance and kentucky's got a dude i think will will levis is a heck of a football player uh Draft projections are are rising, Uh, but what I like about Will uh, is one is arm strength. The football comes off his hand differently, Uh, quick release. He can make every throw in a tree, Uh, but I I like the fact, Nick, that that Will Levis has had uh, two NFL quarterback coaches and coordinators, and I think with Rich Gangarello, who, who is, a, is a well-known quarterback coach. I think we're going to see the next step. I hate to use that term, the next step, but I think we're going to see the next phase of Will Levis' development with his footwork, with his decision-making, with the whys he make throws. You know, a lot of times you have to understand why you make a throw. He had too many turnovers last year, something he's going to have to clean up. But I do think that Kentucky has a chance on each Saturday because of, of Will Levis. He is that good in my opinion. And he has new weapons around him. We'll talk about that in a minute. But Will Levis is the guy. He is the face of the franchise. I interviewed him, got to meet him. He's mature. He's focused. You can tell he's dedicated to his craft. Uh, Will Levis gives you a chance, Nick Rouse.
0: Yeah, and and I think if you're looking just from, all right, what does what's the one thing he needs to fulfill his hype? What does he need to do besides kind of what he showed us? In the last six games of the season, particularly that final drive against Iowa. Like, no matter which way you cut it, as much as people want to make punter jokes about Iowa, that was a top 10 defense that he he shredded in that final drive. That whole shot he had to Wandell Robinson, that Wandell got just absolutely drilled. Like, that was a professional pass. He needs to keep building on what he did. By getting better in the deep ball. I want to say his accuracy was he only completed like 20 some odd percent of his passes that were more than 20 plus yards through the air downfield. He hit a couple of them in the first two games of the season. And then you started to see where maybe he just uh was what he, he got excited and let it rip too far, you know, or he tried to aim some of those. Freddie, if he can get some of that that deep ball accuracy down pat. He's got some guys now that are fast enough yeah. to really extend that defense. So if, if he can connect on a handful more of those, I mean, that that's where you're really gonna see the growth and really see him validate the the hype from those NFL draft yeah. prognosticators.
2: Oh, I agree. I agree. With the deep ball and also he's got to decrease that interception rate. Yeah. More, you know, like throw 12 last year, 13, something like that, like that. So yeah, I do think, and you also touched on it. Part of the deep ball is last year, as dynamic as Wondell Robinson was at Kentucky, he's not exactly he wasn't exactly a burner.
0: How many how many times did he get caught, Freddie? Yeah, like inside so, the five. You know what I, I, mean? he did.
2: I don't think Kentucky had a player last year that could truly consistently get behind a defense. There's a big difference in throwing, you know, there's a saying in football, even they're open, and that that goes with a deep ball. So there actually may be some separation this year, or Barry on Brown, Dane key, mm-hmm. uh, DeMarcus, sure, Arizona, Anthony
0: and we'll,
2: we'll get right into the, uh, to the receivers with this. I think there could be some separation. Tavion Robinson is another player. So, uh, you know, part of throwing the deep ball is it, if you, if you see just a slight bit of separation that, that increases, I know it did me as a quarterback, my confidence instead of, Hey, I'm just going to throw this out there and see what happens or, that gives you a target to throw to. So that changes the mindset. Where it did me, that I was mm-hmm. more accurate in a deep ball when there was separation from a pass catcher, from a receiver, from a tight end, et cetera. You tend to be, become more accurate instead of just throwing it up, just hoping somebody makes a play or makes a catch. So I think that group of receivers, Nick.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, one, one more question yeah. before we get all the way into yeah. receivers, though, Freddie, because there's one aspect of Will Levis's game that is really good, um, and i i don't know i don't know how much we're gonna see it or not. And I'm curious your thoughts that his ability to run the ball. Yeah, I mean, you know he's he's not an NFL first round projected pick because of his ability to run it, but he changed the game when he ran over that dude from Missouri. He changed yeah. the game that run against LSU where he was carrying guys down the football field when he jumped over the guy at Louisville. Rich Gangarello, like Liam Cohen, he's an NFL guy, and the NFL guys are a little bit more hesitant to run it. How much How much do you think we see Will Levis running the football, knowing that the guys behind him, one of them's a, a guy who hasn't really played any from Iowa, and Kai Sharon's only been on campus two years from Somerset?
2: Yeah, I, I, that that is a fine line, Nick. You don't want to change his game. And part of Will Levis, one of the strengths of his game is to get outside the pocket get yards, but he's going to have to be smart about it. Uh, you know, a lot smarter than last year. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I think that he's going to have to, uh, and it goes against everything that's inside of him. You know, I was, I was never as talented as Will. But sliding, I never I never could do that. I never could go out of bounds because it's not in your, the way you are it. Like your makeup. And I think one of the things that separates Will Levis from others is his competitive nature and the dog in him to get that extra yard. And that's what makes us one of the things that makes his teammates love him and respect him so much. He is going to fight for that yard. So maybe scrambling, I mean, I I wouldn't take that run away from him. Uh, Mm -hmm. Same thing. But called runs, quarterback runs, may see less of that. And and Mm -hmm. I think you you can cut down on the number of hits that way. But I don't think you can ask Will Levis, or I don't think it's realistic, to expect Will Levis to start sliding, going out of bounds, and not running the football. If if there's an avenue there, nobody's home, nobody's open downfield, and there's pressure, he's going to be an athlete. He's going to be a competitor, and that's what makes him so good. So I, I don't think it would be healthy to ask him not to do that.
0: Well, and, and the thing is, too, Freddie, is as we saw last year, some games presented more opportunities than other. Like that yeah. Louisville game, they they could they knew on tape like this is going to be there.
2: Well, that, that much. Louisville defense was so misaligned, yeah, and, and out of. I mean, out of, I I know I, mean, that, I know a little football, Nick. I can't tell you what they were trying to do. I mean, they were so they were lined up so wrong on so many occasions. Their gap responsibility was so uh, uh, out of whack. So. You know, Nick. uh Nick, uh Will just had open areas to run. I mean, it was just just part of it. But yeah, I think I think designated runs. We're going to see less yeah. of that. But you can't expect Will not to run the football and bootlegs or yeah. the situations.
0: Well, and and that's like you know maybe four or five called runs the game, maybe four yeah, or five scramble. Keep it under ten. Yeah, uh, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. It's good to know that you've got a guy though when he when he, when you need to get to the sticks. If all move. else goes wrong, he, he he's going to get it. And yeah. that was the advice he received from Tim Tebow was, yeah. dude, just be you, you know, yeah. like be you. And you'll, you'll know when it's time to slide. You'll know when it's time to lower your shoulder. Just lower your left shoulder, not the right one. Yeah. But, you
2: know, yeah. Because <laughs> One of the most damaging things you can do to a quarterback is ask him to change his game. I mean, mm-hmm. throw emotion aside. We saw what that did to Andre Woodson, how that affected him, but, you, know, you can't ask will to not be will. I mean that's just not going to work. He's going to do what he's gonna do will things and that's what makes him special. Uh, let's move on to receivers real quick. Yep. We talked we talked briefly on that. I think this receiver room is more talented than it has been in the past, while not a lot of experience or uh, proven production outside of Tavion Robinson and DeMarcus Harris was somewhat he had, what he had 16 catches last year. Yeah, uh, but 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 Tavion Robinson is that experienced guy. But you got a bunch of newcomers. You're going to see Dane Key, Barry on Brown, and and those guys are going to impact Dakel Crowdus, et cetera. So I do think that you'll see more separation in the vertical game. You're going to see Dane Key is is uh, is is a as as polished of a route runner as you're going to see as a true freshman in the Southeastern Conference then Barry on Brown just has that athletic that explosiveness where you just want to get him the football in space and let him do his thing. Yeah. And I think having, having a wide receiver room that is, that is not unhealthily dependent upon one receiver, like Kentucky was with Wanda Robinson last year, it's going to open up the, the whole field uh, for Will Levis. And I think that's going to help his uh, completion percentage rise because last year, what, 70% of passes went to Wondell, something of that nature. Sounds that's right. can't do that. Yeah. But Kentucky did and was successful. So, I think you're going to see these young guys like Dane and Barry on, uh come onto the scene. Then there's some proven vet- – uh, not veterans, but guys have been around a little while. Demarcus Harris, Chris Lewis, Chauncey yeah.
0: Wood. See, yeah.
2: that's a group
0: I'm really yeah. interested in, Freddie, because, you know, Mag was a guy that we – forget about and he wasn't yeah. the highest rated because he was a high school quarterback. Yes. Then he ends up going, uh, warning the slot. He's now entering year three. He's physically Freddie. He might be the strongest. You know, if you're just guy that walks off the, the bus, like he, he looks like the dude who's getting after it in the weight room. And apparently he had a really good scrimmage on Saturday in the second yeah. scrimmage. And that, that, I, I'm pretty confident he's gonna be in the rotation along with Robinson. I'm curious how Chris Lewis fits in with Dane because as we'll get when we get to the tight ends, you know, this isn't going to be four and five wide receivers. Like you're you're gonna play what five of them, maybe, maybe six. Yeah, six, I'd say. Uh so I, I'm curious how guys like Magwood and Lewis fit in. I feel like I know Brown. You know, he's the explosive guy that you kind of just work into specific things, and yeah. uh, maybe, maybe during certain situations, um, Robinson's going to get a lion's share of the targets. Uh, Harris is probably your your most reliable guy, but I I just I'm wondering where those those other Lewis and Magwood really really yeah. fit into the equation.
2: Yeah, I think uh, yeah yeah I think you're right. I mean I I don't think, and we'll talk about the tight ends in a minute. Uh, it's, Wide receivers are going to be important. They always are. Kentucky has gone through a period where you have one wide receiver that you could depend on. Uh, for a couple years, it was Josh Ali, and last year, Wondell Robinson, and Ali. Ali got hurt, so it was just Wondell. The room is deeper. The room is more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the room is young. And that brings on a, 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 a dynamic of, okay, how much are we going to – focus on receivers because we got four or five tight ends that, that could that can do really good things. So yeah. And then it's I, going to be, you know, when you're talking about downfield throws to the receivers, you have to have a couple of things. You have to have two offensive tackles that sets the edge. And right now that's a, that that's an unproven spot. Those are unproven spots for Kentucky. So I'm not for sure or especially early in the season, you're going to see Will Levis seven, ten yards in the pocket, taking three, four seconds to get the football downfield. I think it's going to be a lot of quick hitters, which is good for younger receivers. Now, I think Dane Key is going to operate downfield more because of his route running, but you're going to see a lot of quick hitters with these receivers that you can take experience out of it, Yeah, just catch the ball and hold on to the football, make a play. I think we're going to see a lot of that hurt.
0: Yeah, and – Freddie, you know, we've talked a lot about these young guys. It's important to note that as much as I'm sure there's some reservations from Kentucky football fans, like we've heard this before, right, where you got these new receivers in, uh, it's going to be different this year, and then it's not. Right. When Mark Soup says this is the most talented receiver room top to bottom, I mean, he's objectively correct. I know we like to to pick on recruiting rankings from time to time, but if you draw a line like top 500 recruit, right, that should be a pretty good player. I mean, they've got four. I think they've got five of them in there yeah. between Lewis, um, Anthony, Jordan, Anthony, Dan Key, and Barry on Brown. And Brown and Key were top 300 guys. I mean, that's twice as many as they've ever had in the room at any yeah. one given point. Like, there's just there's more dudes in there. Yeah, I, yeah. And, and, yeah DeKell Crowdis was the other one that I just yeah. uh, completely blanked on. That's five top 500 guys when I don't know if they've ever had more than two at any yeah. one given point on the roster throughout the Mark Stoops era. So Kentucky, they've been aggressive on the recruiting front and we should start seeing some of those results this fall. Yeah.
2: I mean, that, that position has been a weakness for Kentucky. Uh, really for what? Four or five years, maybe. And, mm-hmm. and now you see, uh, you don't see proof you don't see proven production but you see potential like you said with all these high ranking players and you know again rankings are rankings but you can just watch how Barry on Brown moves yeah you, know, you can watch how Dane Key runs routes you can see the speed in Dakel Crowder's uh, Magwood is more of a of a route runner possession type receiver and Chris Lewis Could be a red zone threat because of his height. Put him out there, throw the ball up. Same with Dane Key. Mm -hmm. Dane made a a great touchdown catch in the scrimmage last Saturday. Heard really good things about him. And Barry on the scrimmage before. So, yeah, it's a deep room. It's more talented. Uh, Fast. Fast room. But, you know, you look how you you take the season in segments, right? Uh, I I think the first segment or early on, you're not going to ask those tackles to protect – four or five seconds, and you're not going to ask those receivers to run 15, 18-yard routes. You're going to get the football in their hands and see if they can make plays, and, and then rely on the next group we'll get into uh, mm-hmm. the tight ends. You talked about fitting. Well, the, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: Uh, well, I just I wanted to hit on the speed a little bit real quick, Freddie, because that, that's another spot where they put a lot of emphasis on. Yeah. And, I, you know, I don't know. Jordan Anthony's a little guy. I don't know where he fits in, but he is fast. Yeah. Barry on Brown, he's a burner, a bona fide burner. Tavian Robinson's really good at creating separation with the yes. ball in his hands. But Barry on Brown, Freddie, there's going to be some points where he's just going to be blowing by opponents, and they're going to yeah. be picking up their pants because their belt fell on the ground. And that's yeah. where you can visit our friends at klwbelts.com. KLW Handmade Belts, They're they're made – in the U.S. of oh, A. Lexington, Kentucky Company, if I'm not mistaken. Very County. Yeah, yeah. And they,
2: they've got
0: the custom nameplate belts, uh, belts for men and women. There's free shipping if you visit klwbelts.com. Uh, handmade right here in the bluegrass. Take advantage of free shipping on all web orders. It's all genuine leather. No synthetics, padding, backing. It's, it's, it's the real stuff. So call 859-509-7816 or visit klwbelts.com. I know some of those opponents, they're, they're going to have to be – they're, they're going to be picking up the drawers, Friday. There's no doubt about it.
2: Yeah, and I know of the two of us, one of us didn't bring a belt to SEC media days. Oh, God. Yeah, we that was a problem. Atlanta, so there was really no place to get a belt. So you were picking up your pants half the time.
0: And I, and I have such a pet peeve, too. Like, I'm one of those where I have to match – my shoes, yeah, to my, my, the color of my belt. So if I got black shoes on, got to be a black belt. And I can't tuck my shirt in and have empty belt loops. Like, what am I, a kindergartner? No. <laughs> Go to klwbelts.com. Uh, proud sponsors of the Depth Chart Podcast.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I we should be getting our belts here in the next couple of days. So you make an order. They ship it that day or the next day. So you get it quick. Uh, but I like it. It's a Kentucky company. It's Garrett mm-hmm. County and Lancaster. Oh. 859-509-7816. And uh, you can get a good a quality belt that hopefully, Nick, you won't forget on the road trips this year because you need it.
0: Well, and I also like too, they do the nameplates. So yeah, if you I've ever... always
2: wanted one. I've never had one. I've always
0: wanted one of them. Did you I ever get one so of those? Uh I always it was one of those things I thought was cool in college. It reminds me of like you think the Leatherman's jacket's really cool in high school, but then you never wear it again. Yeah. Needlepoint belts with all of the little stitching. Like, yeah. I thought that was so cool in college. Yeah. And now I'm just like, where am I going to wear this? Yeah. Like,
2: I yeah. Delegate. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. So, klwbelts.com. Check them out. Good folks over there. Uh, tight ends. Rich Gangarello says there's four to five pros in there in that room. That's a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah
2: especially because you got five scholarship tight ends. <laughs> so you're saying every, every, every tight end in your room is going pro. And, and you know, I'm hearing uh, Jordan Dingle's name just about every time they take. Mm-hmm. The and he's a, a, a from Bowling Green. Uh, I thought he was the best player in the state championship games a couple years ago when I called those. Uh, but I'm hearing his name all the time. And, and he could have a breakout year. Then you get Brendan Bates. I mean, Bates probably won't do a lot of work downfield, but there's mm-hmm. not a better inline blocking tight end in, in the conference than Brendan. Isaiah Cummings, is. we don't talk about him because of Dingle and Caddis and, and the return of Keaton Upshaw. But, uh, you know, Keaton Upshaw two years ago was a riser, right? I mean, he was a player that we thought, man, this guy's going to be a star. So Isaiah Cummings is a player we're not talking about and, and is a former receiver from Mail, moved to tight end. He's up to 240 pounds. He can operate downfield. So, And then Jordan Diggle and Josh Caddis, I mean, that I think early on, again, let's, let's break the season down a little bit. The, the first portion of the season, you're going to see, and we said this many times, many years. You're going to see, hopefully this year it, it comes – to fruition, you're going to see more passes to the tight ends because you're getting that receiver group some experience, right? You're letting them do their thing. But when you need need a first down, when you need a, a completion, you've got four or five dudes that can get open and catch the football. And from the 49 er system to Kentucky with Scangarello, I think you're going to see a lot of multiple tight end sets, formations, for personnel groups. And Will Levis is going to find them in the passing game. Uh, So I I think, you know, tight end is a strength of this team. And I think you're going to see a lot of them frequently. And uh, for me as a quarterback, tight ends were always my safety valves. I love throwing the football to tight end. One, uh, you can scheme tight ends open more so than you can scheme open receivers. Receivers, a lot of times, it's one-on-one. you got to beat that corner, right? Kentucky's not – won a lot of one-on-ones with receivers other than Wondell Robinson and at times Josh Ali in the last four to five years. So that's asking a lot of these true freshmen to beat SEC corners one-on-one where you can scheme. You used to have a drill called minifield where you worked inside the hashes with the tight ends, you can scheme tight ends open more than you can, say, the receiver's 18, 20 yards yeah, in. Yeah, and –
0: and the thing too, Freddie, like it's one of those things where I get excited about one and I forget about the other too. Yeah. Like it, it felt like uh, like Isaiah Cummings is, is the perfect example of it. Yeah. Where once I get excited oh. about one guy, it's like, oh, I forgot about him. Same thing with Keaton Upshaw. You know, I, I haven't heard a lot about him. I think his return to injury has slowed his role. Um, but generally speaking, Tight ends just they get hit a lot, Freddie. I mean, yeah. Bates. Um, I think he was healthy last year, but the year before he had to miss three or four games because he like, broke his finger or something like that. You know, uh, we know about Upshaw's injury history. Isaiah Cummings. I think he had a shoulder um, after the the Louisville game. I don't. I don't know. I don't think he played in the Iowa game, but he ended up. Ha- he he might have and then had off season surgery. But like this is a position that just there's a lot of natural wear and tear. There just yeah. is so yeah. to be able to have so many options is so critical in this offense where Freddie, I, you know, we only saw a couple 11 on 11 periods, but the way they move them around, the way they motion them, the where they line them up all over the place, use them not only to, to block and pass pro to block in, in as lead blockers in the run game to go out for pass. Like this offense asks a lot to do, you know, it, it just, it, it demands and it asks a lot of this position It's just great that they have this sort of depth in the depth chart where you can you can find guys to plug and play seamlessly. And you're not necessarily like there will probably be some times, Freddie, where you know, Coach Rich is like, get Isaiah in, or we need Upshaw. But for the most part, Vince can roll those guys in as they're getting hot. And Rich can just call the game seamlessly without having to think about what personnel is in or out of the game.
2: Yeah, Josh Caddis, true freshman. I mean, not a lot was expected of him in year one. And, and here we go in camp, hearing all things, all kinds of good stuff about Josh Caddis. I know last Saturday's scrimmage, Dingle had four catches and Caddis had four catches. So that's eight just in those two tight ends alone. And, and those are your youngest tight ends. So – you know, again, with Caddis, I mean, I I didn't expect him to factor this year. And and universally being praised, players, coaches alike, uh, one, his work ethic, two, how quickly he's picked up the game, the physicality in his blocking or his willingness to block. And then he's getting open against linebackers. So, yeah, there's so many different ways you can use these tight ends. And I expect Kentucky to go to the tight ends, especially in the early portion of the season.
0: I just love tight ends that are just meat hammers, and yeah. like that Caddis head hunts as a blocker. You don't, a mullet. yeah. I mean, it's it's everything you want from just a guy who's a dude dead in there. You know, if this was your age, Freddie, that jersey—if this is from your area, that jersey's ripped off. Oh yeah, shoulder pads. Uh, yeah. He's got a cowboy collar. You know, like <laughs> I mean, I mean, and also like a bull ring helmet too. Yeah, okay, he's freaking knocking some dudes on. Yeah, that with run. a bunch of
2: bunch of gashes in the helmet, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But
2: tight in, I tell you, uh, I'm excited about them. I think they're going to really uh, come into play early in the season. See a lot of them against Miami and down at Florida. Nick, the offensive line. This is, uh you know, this this is this is where the games are won and lost. And talking about klwbelts.com, this offensive line has got to tighten their belts, especially at tackle. Yep. Uh, I think Kentucky will go as far as the offensive tackles takes them. You know, looking at both sides of the football, looking at special teams, all three phases, I think you can, in my opinion, you can break it down to as simple as this. 2022 will be as good or not as good as the offensive tackles. Uh, That's a lot of pressure, and you can scheme around that, but you are going to have a third and nine situation multiple times. You're going to have a third and ten. So I think Jeremy Flats has Mm -hmm. solidified uh, his spot on the right side, and he's beside Tayshawn Manning. I think running the football to the right will be a strength behind those two. Because run it, block, uh, run blocking is is much easier than pass blocking, neither one of them are easy, but it's it's more easily accomplished to to run block. So I, I think Flax of of the two, I think Wright is the most settled with Jeremy. There, he played some last year. One of my disagreements with the previous offensive line coaches, I don't think he played enough players, and, and Flax was was key. I mean, he got in some, but. You know, didn't develop that second team. Now you're in a predicament where you got Jeremy out there on the right side. I've heard he's had a good camp, and he's going to have to be solid. You know, this is going to sound strange, Nick, but of all the players, he may be the most irreplaceable on on, on the offense. Yeah. Because you have to have one that you can count on. The left side we will get to a minute, but you have to have that right tackle, and Jeremy Flax is in that role. You have to have him there for 12 games.
0: And that was the, the point Adam Luckett made recently on 11 personnel is you, you have to have at least one. You can't have two yeah. bad ones. And the thing that Flax has that the others don't have is Flax is an old guy. Yeah. You know, this he was a Juco kid that has now spent – this is his third year on Kentucky's campus. Um, and I'm really ha- – like, if you want to if, – if Jeremy Flax is successful this year – then you got to thank Eric Wolford for getting the hell out of Lexington because Flax was almost ruined by it. Like he couldn't handle Wolford is old school, chew your ass out, cuss you up and down, and Flax couldn't handle that style of coaching. He just he couldn't, and I, I thought he was lost. Yenzer's really helped him get back on track, help him regain that confidence, build him back up, and if Flax can be that dude, I mean, he has the re- the recruiting pedigree, you yeah. know. He, he checks all the right boxes, the size, the length. You know, I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. And he's um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Like, he's aware enough and he's comfortable enough in his own skin to admit when he's vulnerable. And, like, tell the media, like, you know, I I, I thought, you know, it, there's been a lot of ups and downs, and now I'm on the way back up. Um, and to have that confidence is incredibly important, um, especially, I mean – If you look at that right side of that line, Freddie, imagine just imagine this. You've got a little pin and pull situation where it's Jeremy Flax, Tayshawn Manning getting downhill with Jagger Burton or Kenneth Horsey pulling around the outside as a lead blocker. I mean, that's a or and and even Brendan Bates at tight end out there, too. Like that's a lot of big, strong physical guys to run behind. That can be the strength of your offensive line in the run game.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you're going to see a lot of right side runs because mm-hmm. of that. Uh, because you're going to have multiple tight ends. You get Brenda Bates, as like I said, you won't find a better inline blocking tight end in, in the league than, than Bates. And then that and those two uh, left tackle. Your guess is as good as mine. Uh, I don't know a lot was expected of. of DeAndre Buford, I'm not for sure that that, is, that has developed the way uh, that a lot it. David David yeah. volleyball uh, got a lot of reps with the first team. Uh, he's a retro freshman. So, again, uh, that left side, we'll see. Uh, Ken Forsey on that left guard, solid. You know, I, I think interior-wise, starting with, with, with my guy Eli Cox right there, mm-hmm. I'm hearing that Eli – uh, has a chance to be better than Drake J- uh, uh, Jackson and Luke Fortner. And, you know, I love those three guys, and that's saying a lot if I'm saying that, right? So uh, Eli Cox, strongest guy on the team, mid-year All-American guard, kick him into center. I don't think he got enough preseason All-ACC love because of the position change, but I think Kentucky's not going to lose much at center and that's saying a lot because Luke Fortner is starting for the Jaguars. Right,
0: so <laughs> right. That, right.
2: That, that's, that's, that's the way. So I, I really like Eli in the middle to direct traffic. Now guards, you got Kenneth Horsey, Tayshawn Manning, two different type of players. Manning is a mauler. Uh, run block, very good. Horsey is more complete, can pass block. Uh, little light, He's lighter than Tayshawn but so many snaps, so many starts in the Southeastern Conference. And then I think what makes the interior so viable, you have Jagger Burton who could start at eight schools in the SEC right now, probably have him as your third guard. John has developed nicely in year mm-hmm. three. And then Quentin Wilson backup center. So you got a lot of rotational guys inside. I think you're going to see a lot of that. The question is left tackle. Yep. David Wallabong. You know, running with the ones DeAndre Buford. See how that works out. They're going to kick him somewhere else to right, maybe I don't know. And then Keontae Goodwin, the uh, five-star true freshman. That's a lot to ask of a true freshman. Who plays left tackle in SEC?
0: Here's my question for you, Freddie. You you've seen a lot more football than me. Um, when you when you get a a young kid to to come into a spot like a left tackle, like is that something you can you can play your way through? Like if if Goodwin plays two or three series a piece in those non conference games to open up the season, is is that enough experience to be comfortable throwing them out there? How how much can you grow through those live reps as as a true freshman?
2: Well, that, that's a that's a tough question uh, <clears throat> because if if Scangarello expects him to be a consistent rotational player in the two deep, you're going to have to play him half the snaps against Miami of Ohio because you do not want his first significant game action to be in the swamp where communication is not going to be possible. Right. It's going to be light. It's going to be at night. Uh, it's going to be noisy. It's going to be loud. And that's a tough one, you know. We saw Tim Couch, a true freshman, play down there, and that wrecked him, right? So, uh, a different position, but you know, you and you you got two veteran edge guys from Florida. You know, you won't see Keontae get some snaps against Miami of Ohio, but then you also have to keep whoever the starter is. You're going to have to get him some snaps, whether it's Walla or Buford. So, one of those three is going to have to kick over the right. Now, I think Wallabaugh can play right and left. Yep. But at this point in camp, you've got to dial in, okay, this is my left. Is it Wallabaugh? Is it Buford? Because you want Keontae Gilman, the true freshman, to play one spot, left or right, wherever he's going to be, because you you don't want him thinking too much, okay, I do this on the left side, I do this on the right side. You want him at one spot and just let him develop. Wallabaugh and Buford, maybe you can rotate around
0: the The only good example I have, Freddie, is Landon Young having to fill in for Cole Mosier, and I guess that'd be 2016. Yeah, where Mosier, I, I think it was a knee down at Florida, and Landon just had to play right away. Yeah. And Landon, you know, he looked like a, a true freshman out yeah. there for a couple of those series, but he ended up settling down. And Freddie, throughout the year, there wasn't a lot of I, I didn't get a lot of worry, you know, uh, yeah. uh, about that position. And they both had, they were similar prospects, five-star guys. But I will say the one difference that Keontae has in Landon, Keontae was playing football in Southern Indiana last year. Yeah. No offense to the Hoosiers, a little bit different than 6A football in Central Kentucky, where Lafayette was playing some of the better programs. So th- that that's why this, this month of September, I-, I think if you give him enough reps, then he can – you know, you can get to where you're splitting that 50-50 with either him and Wallaball, him and Buford, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but there, there's got to be you, – you can't simulate it in practice either. Like, I don't care how many times he goes up against J.J. Weaver or Jordan Wright. It's just – it's a completely different game when there's 60,000 fans up there and there's guys that don't know how you pa- – like, Freddie – Let's be real, Like you get to know guys, you know what you can beat them on, and you pull out that bag of tricks quite a bit. It's different when it's a a dude you've never seen before. It just is.
2: And also, game action is different practice. I don't care what you do in practice, how how much the coaches want to make that a game-like situation. It's different. Players go harder. The speed. The speed's different. The physicality's different. Uh, the scheme is more complicated when the lights come on. It just is. I mean, you can't replicate that. That's why an offensive line, it, it's harder. as The further you get away from the football, the more difficult it is to play that position. And, ta- and left tackle is the most difficult offensive line position on the field. Uh, I would say center, but Eli Cox has played a lot of football. And, again, that's, that's Eli Cox. He's a veteran. Uh, so, yeah, I think left tackle is a tricky spot for Kentucky. That's why I think early in the year you're going to see a lot of bootlegs, a lot of play action, a lot of run to the right. You're going to see throws to the tight ends, quick throws to Marion Brown, Dan Key, Tavion Robinson, let them make plays. And I think the intent will be to have positive yards on first and second down. That four, you're not in a third and nine situation quite a lot. Because right now, I, I don't think that's a good spot for Kentucky to be in, in obvious passing down with these tackles right now. I mean, it may grow into that, but you want to stay away from that. So I think I think that's why you're going to see the tight ends more active than yeah, the receivers. Yeah. And you're going to see more uh, catch-and-run type routes from these young receivers until they find their feet. So uh, yeah. and football is another
0: like seven man operation. The other thing too, Freddie, is the tight ends can certainly help, you know
2: lock on the edge.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Like uh, that,
0: that that that's that's going to play a role. Like the the notion that the left tackle, the blind side has to be this all star stuff like yeah. you, you that, that you can you can do things schematically yes. to help them. You know, especially with an experienced old vet like Kenneth Horsey right there. Yep. Uh, you know, like that, that. – so it, it's not as dire as, well, if he can't block the guy in front of him, then Will Levis is going to get sucked.
2: I no, know – Yeah, you was- can tie tight end out there and chip them. You can use a running back, etc. What that does, it takes one person out of the route, but that's okay. If you play have multiple tight ends, I mean, you know, you can use one to, to chip and block on the left side and, and still be okay. Uh, but, again, I, I, I think the key, Nick, is to get ahead of the chains and not yeah, be uh, yeah. in those obvious passing situations.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's not good for anybody. No, no, that's not. And that's why that Miami game, I'm, you know, as much as people want to talk about Miami being good, and we'll get into X's and O's, the Red Hawks, uh, next week. Uh, but the, the big thing for me, Freddie, I'm going to be really – Look, if we're talking, you know, offense, big picture now, how does Rich Scangarello time up his shots and how often does Will Levis take them? Right. Because that was the big thing that Levis had to learn throughout the season last year is just because Liam calls a deep shot doesn't mean I need to take it. But, you know, there's some moments where really the best time to take a shot is on first down, but you also don't want to get behind the chain. So I'm fascinated by this play calling balance with Rich Scangarello in week one, where, you know, they're going to keep it relatively vanilla, but he's still going to throw enough out there formationally uh, and, and show enough stuff that, that makes Florida uh, makes all ability. Napier's thousand quality control guys watch uh, extra, extra film.
2: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think, you know, Uh, that's a good mix. When do you want to take shots? If you do take a shot, is there an obvious check down? Things like that. Uh, You're going to see probably against Miami, Ohio, uh, some shots, more shots than average uh, because you want to see if those receivers can stretch the field. You want to see Will Levis work on the deep ball against an opponent that you should beat. And you want to put – You don't want to see pressure or put pressure on those tackles, but you want to see what they can do uh, before you go to the swamp because that's not an easy place to play by any means. So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I think Will's deep ball is going to be better mainly because of the receivers are better that are running those routes, and there's Mm -hmm. more of them. Yeah. You know, you you watched last year, boy, it would be a play-action shot. Will would make his run fake. And then his eyes would go straight to Wondell and only on Wondell. And it was Wandale or nobody. So
0: well, And this, then Wandale runs fifty yards downfield and then has to run back and yeah. do it all over again. You know, yeah, I don't I mean, care how good a yeah. shape you're in. You get that was get
2: unhealthy. Yeah. yeah. The offense, so.
0: so here here's a question for you, Freddie. I got I got three of them. All right. Because mm-hmm. we talked about the pass catchers. Who's going to lead the team in receptions?
2: Oh wow. Tavion Robinson.
0: I think that one's pretty clear-cut. Now, here's where it gets a little more difficult. Receiving yards.
2: Ooh.
0: Uh, Thank you. That's probably where I'm going to say as well. Or Barry on Brown, one of those two. All right, receiving touchdowns. Jordan Dingle. Damn it, Freddie! I thought I was going to have a hot take on that one. <laughs> but I do think it's going to come from that tight end room. I do too. I, do I mean, too. they might, it might be a situation where they split some of the, you know, where Isaiah Cummings gets four, Dingle gets four. Maybe that room as a total has like 15 or something like that. Um, and so there's not any one guy, right. but I, I, I do kind of think that that's how things are going to break down. Yeah, I do as too. Far as, you know, receptions. Um, we, we we glossed over the running backs because they've been so good that it's like a given that they're awesome. We're not certain when Chris Rodriguez is going to be there. Three or four games, we'll find out on Monday. But out of the second group of running backs, right, there's a lot of dudes in there. Cavassier Smoke, Lavelle Wright, uh, Jaton uh, and Ramon Jefferson. You got four dudes. Rodriguez' absence or not, Who who do we think gets – the most carries out of those those four guys?
2: First of all, I think if Rodriguez isn't on the field, is a huge deal. Some don't because of the depth of the running back position. I think it's a huge deal because a healthy 12-game Chris Rodriguez would have broken every record at Kentucky. So you're talking about The best to ever do it at Kentucky. And there's been a lot of dudes that run him back at UK, right? So I'm one that does not downplay him not being on the field. I think it's a serious deal. Two, Ramon Jefferson, in my opinion, will probably be the guy until C. Rod gets back. And with, you'll see Cavassier get carries, Lavelle Wright is the future. Juton McClain is the X factor for the entire show. Yeah. You're going to see him line up everywhere. They're going to get the football to him in different ways through the passing game, run game, et cetera. I think that is your X factor for the season is Utah McClain. Uh, yeah. I was a big fan of Jefferson's. I'm a huge fan of FCS football. I watch it every time it's on. I look it up and watch it. I follow the rankings. Dude was an all-American. That upper level of FCS is, is good football. Don't don't mistake that. That is good football. Players, coaches, people that I talk to that that go watch practice and scrimmage just rave about Ramon Jefferson. So I think his experience, he's going to be the guy to get the bulk of the carries until C Rod comes back.
0: Yeah, and for me, that that's the the big McLean, as you mentioned, is the X factor. I think he's gonna ultimately end up getting the second most snaps of them all. <clears throat> but not necessarily the most carries. Yeah. Because he's used to catch 30 – between 30 and 40 balls this year. Yeah. Uh, whether he's winding up as a running back, motioning out to the slot. Like, he he can be a, a, a true slash receiver slash running back for this offense.
2: Yeah, and same could be said about Donut Drennan, too. Uh, oh, we, yeah, and we'll, I forgot we'll about him. we Will let us talk about him. Uh, but – but my take on the running backs is, if anybody's telling you it's going to be okay if C. Rod doesn't play, that's not mm-hmm. my take, because he's a positive play running back. Yeah, downhill. And again, if if, if he was healthy and, and ran through a 12 game schedule, he would he would top Benny Snell, Sonny Collins, Marky, all these guys that are
0: oh legends
2: in Kentucky football. He would be on top of that, right?
0: I'm 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 curious too. If he if he still has enough runway to to do it because he might you know he might like, you know he he's that good he's that good well, you know, he, he's he's already close to passing Mark Higgs I think he only needs like fifty yards or something.
2: The only thing I would say about that Nick is you play three non-conference games in the first four games of the
0: season. Yeah, so yeah, you, so you're you, missing you, out some easy stat you patterns. Can get you
2: get know? against Miami, even though they're good. Northern Illinois, and Youngstown State. So, uh, yeah, the you know, he's getting, he's getting Georgia on the back end of the schedule too. So that – that. but I, you know, again, I, I, that's a, it's a major deal to me in, in how many games he misses because I'm a big sea rod fan. But, man, that that's going to be tough to go to Florida and beat the Gators without him. And that's going to put a lot of strain on Levis and, and that, that core running backs that we keep talking about. But there's a difference in, okay, these guys can – can get you some yards, and there's a difference in that. And this dude is going to change a game. There's very few running backs in the country that can change a game. A lot of them can get you yards, right? I think Rod is a guy that can change a game, and not having that in the lineup is going to hurt Kentucky.
0: The, um, I, I'm 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 excited for this Kentucky football season to get going, Freddie. Um, we're now. Less than two weeks away, we're gonna get week zero coming up this week. But Freddie High School's already kicked off, yeah. and uh, the Kroger KSR game in the week you were in in Breathitt County, yeah, last week you went from Eastern Kentucky. Now you're going to Western Kentucky. Can you just talk a little bit about your your trip to Breathitt County? And I know it's your 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 second time back to the the flooded areas. What you what did you see when you were down there?
2: You know, I was both heartbroken and uplifted at the same time. You know, seeing the damage, seeing homes completely swept away from their foundation and, you know, uh, eight deaths, eight souls lost, tragically, two still missing. I mean, I, I couldn't get past that the whole time I was down there because it really weighed on me and seeing the damage. But then I met a, a guy named Daryl, um, just a sweet older guy. He was talking about the National Guard rescued his granddaughter On the flight back to where they took his granddaughter, she asked him to check on her grandfather. And the soldiers came back and checked on him and just stories like that. And the story of the game was really about the fact that the game was held. That, To me, that that facility was six, ten feet underwater, a football field, and just total devastation. And, you know, three weeks later, they're playing a football game there, and it's packed. The communities there—they're smiling, they're celebrating their team 43 to nothing win. But for me, it was a community celebration of strength, uh, show of hey, we're going to rebuild. And to me, that—that's what it was uh, for my Tuesday, two days down there. It was, it was uh, just a, uh, just a various rate of emotions. And then uh, we're going to Mayfield on Friday,
0: Freddie. The, the thing too that you—you, you, I'm glad you really hit on the word community because that's. I mean, that's why we we partner with Kroger to go yeah. to these communities all over the state. And yeah. in particular, this week, where it, it gives you a time to uh, like for the first time in a long time, everybody got to get together and it yeah. wasn't to talk about something bad. You know, they yeah. got to watch football, you know, and and there's something about it. Like, I'm excited to get back out to the high school fields this Friday just to catch up with people. And, you know, even though my, 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 Hills Colts are going to be overmatched against North Harden, who's got a couple of D1 players on it, just having that sense of community. Yeah. That, that's what high school football is all about. Yeah. And I'm really, I'm happy that you're going West because that you're going to a football community that, that has some history, has a lot of okay. wins down there in Mayfield.
2: I can't wait, Nick. And you're so right. Kroger is about community and, you know, the Kroger hometown community tour that we do uh, i've been to a lot of uh, places interviewing the top players in kentucky and the kroger game of the or ksr game of the week is about community as much as it is about football and it very much was in brentville county and it's very much going to be that way in mayfield i've always wanted to go to mayfield because you know my age mayfield's like the packers you know they, they, that's a top 12 state championships 11 runner-up trophies that is a, that is the fourth most wins in the country. I mean, that is a traditional power that I've always wanted to watch play at home in Mayfield. And I look forward to going down there on Friday. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. The one thing about Mayfield, though, we, we got to get them to change their logo. Like, what the hell? They're using a the U of L logo. Like, I get it. If you're, there's a, there's a, Catholic school here, Saint Stephen Martyr in Louisville. You're in the city of Louisville. You're the Cardinals. Use the Cardinal logo. But Mayfield, what the hell? There are plenty of Cardinals to choose from. You got Ball State. You got Arizona. There, you have. You can run the game on Cardinals, and you pick the Louisville one. Come on, Mayfield.
2: <laughs> you know there's going to be some players down there. Jeterius Starks is a junior from Mayfield. Uh, you know the WPSD, the, the TV station in Paducah has him the second-ranked player in the region down there. Mm-hmm. Jax Rodgers is a linebacker. Missed two years, the knee, knee, knee injuries. He's a super senior. He's back. And then for Hopkinsville, Desha- uh, Deshaun Mercer is uh, the number one-ranked player in far western Kentucky. He's committed mm-hmm. to Miami of Ohio. But, yeah, Mayfield, man, I mean, that, that is, that's tradition. I'm looking forward to watching these two traditional programs, but I've always wanted to go to Mayfield. Mm -hmm. just all those state championships all those memories and then and and to look how mayfield is is recovering uh from the tornadoes that that yeah was so bad in that area and now we
0: can't forget about that either you know i mean that was just you know a year ago yeah
2: yeah and then you know we i said earlier that we've never been west of owensboro we actually have been to henderson so this is the furthest west that we've ever gone for the mm-hmm. KSR game of the week and, and I'm looking forward to, to visiting Mayfield the community, the Grace County community there in Mayfield uh, to see the stadium and all the history and tradition that is uh, a part of Mayfield football. I'm excited about that. Nick.
0: Mayfield versus Hop Town, Friday night, KSR Kroger game of the week. It's exciting. Yeah. We're back. Week zero. I'm going to be staying up late to watch Vanderbilt play Hawaii, Freddie, because I've Not got me. a problem.
2: Not me. Not me, Nick. I'd say after uh, four hours to Mayfield, four hours back, uh, <laughs> I'll, be, uh, I'll be resting. But, you know, a little news, an update about the Depth Chart podcast. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be on Sundays.
0: Yeah, Sunday mornings.
2: Yeah, so it's going to be uh, our weekly slot on the On3 KSR podcast world. is going to be mm-hmm. on Sunday, so it's going to be a little bit different. And we're going to have a a has-been corner where we're going to talk to some former players about what we saw the day before, the night before when Kentucky played. So it's going to be like a post-game show. Yeah, It's going to be in a podcast uh, version, and I'm excited about it. I know Andy Murray uh, is going to join us, Jay Dorch, and I'm going to get some other former Wildcats in my era Mm -hmm. uh, to talk about what they saw, and not just what they saw, but – you know, I think it's interesting to to get their point of views on just being a former player. You know yeah. how how the program welcomes them back, or you know if they have issues with tickets, things like that, just little things. But yeah, we're going to talk X's and O's. We're going to talk about personnel, and uh, you know, Jay and Andy and those guys uh, are are pretty straightforward, and yeah. they they don't sugarcoat anything, Nick.
0: Well, and and the big thing too is we're, it's going to, like you said, and we got a podcast lineup, so Sunday morning, as soon as the game's over, you're going to get your heavy dose of Freddie Maggard. Then Freddie's going to join Wuckett, Drew and I, Monday nights, 7 p.m. for the KSR Football Podcast. Um, Wuckett and I will be on Wednesday nights. I think Jack might be Tuesdays. Thursdays, we've got Pick 3 with me, Drew, and Jack and free money. So pretty much every day of the week, you can find something on the KSR Podcast feed or the KSR YouTube channel. So subscribe. Um, and, and make sure you're locked in. Uh, we're gonna be there four or five days a week. Um, so yeah. big shout out to our friends at Port Royal Plants, title yes. sponsor KLW Belts, um everybody for for help making all this happen.
2: Yeah, and, and I want to thank Trey too that puts all this together. uh You know, these, these videos are, are pretty awesome. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, for me, I mean, it, you know, it's pretty cool to see it as we talk, and I enjoy that. Thank you, Nick. We're gonna miss you on the. De- this is your last one, man. Well, I'm
0: I'm gonna hang around for a little bit. Yeah, I might I might do another show or two because you know I can't I can't get I can't kick a bad habit you know uh, right away. But um, uh, and you know some of those times too where we're gonna be on the road, you know that's the perfect time to dial out the depth chart podcast and see how everybody's doing. You know maybe after a big win in Gainesville, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. So. Uh, make sure you you like us. We appreciate it. seriously. This has been a long one, fifty eight minutes. I'm sorry for that, but we went over the whole offense, and and I appreciate you all taking time out to listen to us. So like us, subscribe us, download it, and uh, thanks for thanks for being with us through this. Nick, thank you very much. Trey, thank you, and uh, hopefully uh, you'll tune in next Sunday as we get
0: our first show. Uh, first madness is here. Say goodbye to.
1: FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets.